the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. 1.42 is the time right now. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of, of today. We're talking about young people and the extradition bill protests with Sky Sue, the executive director of the Kelly Support Group. Welcome to the program, Sky, and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Noreen, for having us. So now, exactly a week ago, we saw the protests surrounding LegCo and also the government offices down in Admiralty. And many of these protesters appear to be young people. What's your assessment of these protests then and the involvement of young people? I think you know, um, in a in a in a big way, you know, um, we're seeing young people actually participating um, and in 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 their city, um, participating in 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 things that are affecting them and in their life, you know. And I think you know, if you look around the world, um, there's a lot of places that are really hoping that young people will be engaged, that young people will. Um, be involved in what's happening with uh, the place that they live in. I think in one sense, you can see that uh, that could be a very positive thing. But I think in another sense, you know, for us, that's more pressing and more concerning is actually uh, the emotional impacts that um, it's happening, uh, that we're seeing more that uh, for us at Kelly, we're we're really most concerned about um, and and how we can actually, as a community in Hong Kong, be supporting and offering support for young people during this time. Yeah, what sorts of emotions can we expect these young people to be feeling? Well, I think, you know, um, and, and Kelly is an organization that's made up of young people, actually. Um, and, you know, since we were established in 1991, we were established by young people who self-organized because they felt like they needed more support for themselves. And I think uh, in a very similar way, what we're seeing now is a lot of young people who are having um, a lot of um, uh, different types of emotions. Um, some of them may be, you know, really struggling with what's happening um, in terms of their identity. They may be struggling with feelings of hopelessness and and even some, uh, you know, thinking about their, their self-worth. Worth, you know, and I think all of these emotions are are difficult to deal with, um, even just on a regular basis as a young person, you know. Um, and so, in addition to what's happening in the environment, and I think it's an additional stress that a lot of these young people are feeling. You know, um, I specifically want to share actually um, a couple of things that you know we've heard young people tell us, you know, about feeling like they're very very helpless about their future, um, or you know, feeling like um, you know they are very fearful just um, in, in the sense of, of the unknown for their future. Um, and, you know, you know, Noreen, we work with a lot of ethnic minority um, students and young people in Hong Kong. And I think one particular um, testimony that we heard, you know, really actually concerned us as well, because it really speaks to our ethnic minority young people um, um, uh, in terms of their identity in Hong Kong. Because um, there was one youth who shared with us that, you know, Cantonese isn't, isn't their first language. And so they couldn't fully follow everything that's happening in Hong Kong. A lot of people are talking about a lot of stuff, but they're not fully following. And Hong Kong's their home. They're born, they're raised here, and they want to contribute and express their views. But but they didn't feel like they knew how, that they were equipped in being able to do so, or even having questions of whether or not they were accepted in doing so. And I think these feelings of uncertainty, you know, um, are things that we really need to find ways to support our young people in.
Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I often think a lot of these news, uh, you know, we'll hear it firsthand in Cantonese. We have to wait uh, till the end of the day or the next day until we find it out in English. Um, and I, I sometimes wonder, you know, for people who's, uh, who may not speak Cantonese, who don't read Chinese, um, Absolutely. Myself, myself included, you know, I, you know I, my, I, I read limited Chinese. I can understand it so I can watch it on the news. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I can understand that there's a sense of, um, yeah, that there isn't that inclusivity uh, and, and especially for these ethnic minority youth who like you said Hong Kong is their home they, they don't have a backup home they can't just pack up and leave that this is their home um, I want to pick up on a point you mentioned just now this um, notion of uh, despair um, how how much of it uh, is is the worry of 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 their future in Hong Kong and how much of it is to do with their with these protests I mean were they were they feeling uh, these sense of helplessness before the protests already and the protests sort of added to it or is it just a, a recently a, a new thing for, for some of these ethnic minority youths? I think, you know, um, when we are specifically talking about ethnic minority youth, um, I think there's always been an underlying sense that, you know, they question their identity in Hong Kong. Uh, language is one thing, but, you know, there are so many barriers for them in society in Hong Kong anyway, um, uh, in finding jobs or, you know, opportunities that can really fulfill their dreams and the potential that they have, you know. And, and I think education when, as well. You and know. education, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, with, with a scenario that that we're seeing it here in Hong Kong, it's a really an additional element to have them really question who they are and what they have to offer. And I think that in this kind of confusing time is, is important for us to really be encouraging um, this particular group of young people um, in, in a way that actually might be different um, from the wider population of youth, you know. And I think that, you know, it's it's really an opportunity for us to see in Hong Kong where the gaps are. Um, I don't think it's just because of one event that's happening in Hong Kong, but it's something that's underlying that we've been seeing that is always there, but perhaps it's being highlighted more when we see events like this happen in our city. Yeah. And how might these emotions sort of compare? Uh, I don't know, have you spoken to young people who perhaps didn't go to the rally and perhaps didn't participate in these protests? And how do their emotions uh, uh, differ to ones who, who attended the rally and the protests? I think regardless of uh, participation or not, I think, you know, the sentiments are quite the same across the board. Um, And I think that, you know, um, with social media and the rampant availability of information, I think everybody's, you know, on the ball, you know, in in knowing what's happening and going through similar emotions. Um, And so I think, again, you know, it's 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 whether or not it's available fully in different languages that um, will will be a barrier, you know, for for some to be as able to follow as much as others. Yeah, and and how should teachers and and parents be talking to their children about these events and and perhaps to address some of these emotions? Yeah, you know, um, I think that this is something that's uh, really quite interesting because... um, you know, initially last week, you know, we were starting to see some rumblings, you know, um, last week we heard some people actually talking about youth in, 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 in not so favorable way, you know, saying that they were causing trouble, you know, and, and, and doing too much uh, things that they shouldn't be doing, you know. And, you know, I think it's really difficult for young people. They're really caught in a different difficult place, you know, when they don't engage, when they don't participate, we label them as being, you know, unmotivated, disengaged. But then when they participate or do something, then we call them troublemakers. And I think the I think it's they very difficult. Win. 
they can never win. And I think, you know, for young people, I think the most that the most important thing that they need from people around them is knowing that um, they're not judged for what they want to believe in or what they want to do. And I think giving them a safe space to really share without commenting, without uh, asking them without criticizing them. I think it really is the first step, you know. And I think over the weekend we've kind of see, seen an emergence of more of that happening. And I, and I, you know, for us as an organization, we do encourage that to happen more, you know, especially as, you know, young people might in the aftermath be going through even more emotions. I think it's even more important to, to kind of ask the question, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? What are some of the things that you're thinking or feeling or going through at the moment share with me um and i think opening that door for young people to feel like you're not judging them um, and and just giving them a space to really share is a really important step um, and critical at this time you know we often hear reports how um values between parents and their children are different and sometimes even political values they are different and, and we're seeing um, arguments between generations where perhaps the parents support one side and then the, the, the youngsters support another side. I mean, how can families and, and parents and, and their children put aside their differences and, you know, perhaps um, address, how would you address these issues? You know, I mean, I, I know people who actually then they, they refuse to talk about political things at home because their, their views differ uh, from, from their parents. Yeah, I think that you make a really good point, and we've definitely been seeing a lot of that. Um, actually, you know, um, there's a lot of NGOs who've um, uh, responded quite fast in the last couple of weeks with a lot of resources, um, um, teaching young people to know how to talk to their parents, but also in return teaching parents how to talk to their young people. Um, and a lot of it is around, um, it's, it's actually around conflict resolution. It's about um, respecting each other's opinions. It's about um, sort of creating gentle boundaries around beliefs. And, 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 and actually on the emotional level, it's, it's about remaining calm. Um, um, and remembering, you know, a bigger picture of, of what family values are, you know, and, and, and what it means to be um, supportive of one another, regardless of different people's beliefs. Um, and, and those are some really valuable resources. And I think like social media has, has been really powerful in the sense that it's been able to really um, uh, share lots of different resources that we've seen. And, and some of these are, are some tips that, you know, we would like to share that we've seen from other organizations as well doing that. Yeah, well, meanwhile, uh, Sky, remind our listeners once again, how can they find out more about uh, the work that the Kelly Support Group does? Yeah, Kelly Support Group, we um, are an organization. We're hoping to empower young people to really reach their full potential. We're working um, in across different schools, uh, both secondary and university, and specifically targeting young people aged 14 to 24. Um, and um, our main work is really working around areas of drug and alcohol prevention um, and also um, health, mental health and well-being, as well as positive youth development opportunities for those who are not able to get. So a lot of them... You can find more information on our website, kelly.org, which is K-E-L-Y.org, um, and find out more. Um, we have social media as well that uh, you can follow us and, uh, yeah, get more information to contact us. Excellent. Well, meanwhile, thank you so much uh, for your time this afternoon. And that's Sky Sue, the Executive Director of the Kelly Support Group. Thank you very much indeed, Sky. Thank you so much, Noreen.